Welcome back, you ham and eggers. This is your boy, Yanko Zaza, host of Full Game Narratives, coming to you with another episode. Sorry we're coming to you a little late. Uh, you know, life happens, but we're out here. Got the Cowboys versus Bills game going on right now. And we're looking too good for Cowboys Nation. I know you guys want that number one spot, but Bills trying to fight, fight for a playoff spot as well, so... You know, the second half should be should be wildly entertaining. But anyway, the week's good. Getting close to that Christmas break. So, you know, the kids are all on fire at school. The parents are just as annoying. And I can literally say I hate everyone. And I'm not celebrating Christmas. The only uh, holiday I will be celebrating is Festivus. I shall be getting a Festivus shirt this week on the 20th. And I will be posting with it. Huh, very soon. Also, I hope you guys are having a good time. You know, Patriots almost pulled off an upset win today, but you know, as long as the Jets lose, that's that's all that matters. That that, that gives me hope and joy, and the fact that this uh, Tommy DeVito nonsense has ended for a week. But that's all here and there. Getting into our first topic. Finally, the Chargers, my God, I don't know how long it took you to do this move, but Staley had to go. That pitiful performance that we saw on Thursday Night Football, I mean, I wasn't even watching it, and by the time I looked up, it was like 24, I'm like, yo, what's, what's going on? I know Herbert was hurt, but this was an embarrassment. I know if I'm a Chargers fan, I wanted him to go. GM got to go, too. They got to start clearing room for Bill because, you know, Bill's going to want come in there, and he's going to want um, all of his all of his uh, stuff that he's sorry. Um, <laughs> Bill's just sat at Prescott. Uh, you know, like uh, when we have our guest here, he always says, we're doing a lot of work right now, so we saw a big play. Um, but no, um, I felt like Staley was wasting a lot of players on that team's career. Like, they lost a year now. Like, now you have to regroup. Herbert's hurt. He has to come back from that. He has to regain his confidence. Bill Belichick, if he goes there, he's going to have to revamp that whole team. Because what I saw out there on Thursday was a team that gave up. Because it's easy to score. Like, if they had lost, by like 45 to, like, 14, I'd be like, but there was no fight. And I hate seeing teams that gave up because now you need a new voice in there. You need someone else in there. You need someone that can bring life back into you. That team's, that team's helpless right now. And Herbert, to me, is a good quarterback, but I think with the right coach, he can make that next step because – We've been saying about this for Herbert for years now. He's great. He has numbers. When does he take the next step? When is that next step coming? So, pause. Um, so, Bill, you got a lot of work to do. But I think Bill will be happy because he already has a quarterback. He has a lot of receivers in place since he can't pick up or trade for any receivers because he fucking sucks at it. It's, sorry, that's the, the Patriot anger coming out. But now that they're already there, he doesn't have to do too much. He can go 
going there. The defense is already good. He's a defensive coach. He can get them to play to another level of defense because that defense ain't worth a dime that they're just playing. Because, listen, the Raiders got blanked last week. And then they come out here and they score 63. Yeah, that's a, that's everything we need to know about that. But anyway, you know, Brandon Sale is going to be on your TVs very soon. Some ESPN job will give him uh, either he'll get a, a spot on these TV shows or he'll get a defensive coach. And this is why I always say privilege is really, really, really fucking funny because this man was coaching high school five years ago. Now he was in the NFL, and then he's going to be back on the team in, in next year. Promise you that. Or he'll be on TV. It, it, it works out three ways for these motherfuckers. It always fucking does. <sighs> but anyway, we're transitioning to basketball. Draymond Green um, is suspended indefinitely by the NBA. It's sad because um, I'm seeing a player who's really great, who's a Hall of Famer. But as Charles said, um, when you don't have the skills to match up, you start doing dirty stuff. You start taking bad, you start doing bad things. Like, everything he does, to me, is like, yeah, you don't have the talent to match up with what you're saying anymore. You can't, you can't show off. You can't do this. And I'm like, bro, I get it, but this ain't it. You're out here tackling players and chokeholds, and I'm just like, bro, what is this all about? Like, he can still contribute, but honestly, he doesn't do much for that team anymore. But you can't let him go because he's a leader in your locker room. But at the end of the day, the Warriors are going to have to look back on this and be like, is he really worth all of this? Like, Cause if you go in a playoff series, you don't know what he's gonna do. Say he has two points, two rebounds, and two assists, and the game isn't going for well for him. He might he might choke someone. He might do something. You gotta you gotta account for all that. And when you other players aren't playing good, it, it hurts. Cause now Clay's kind of look like he's old. The Wiggins thing is not working out as much as people thought it was. Steph can't carry a team like this. Like, he needs help. And if your other leaders out here getting kicked out of the game, what are you supposed to do? You might have to, honestly, during the offseason, take a really good look at this team and be like, yo, is the Draymond thing really worth it? Like, I like Draymond. I love the fact that he's a 90s-era basketball player. But it doesn't help now when you are being more of a deterrent to the team than a, than a help. And for Warriors... You have to look at it. No, you're not good right now. And then now, one of your one of your major pieces is gone. I don't know. Uh, I think the Warriors' future is in really, really, really bad hands. But anyway, listen. I know a lot of us NBA fans have been waiting for this day because when they was putting up thirty, when they was beating us all by thirty, and they was out there playing on the sidelines. Yeah, bitches. This is how it feels to come back to earth. This is what it feels like when you have to watch your team suck. But um, I hope Draymond gets a hope that he uh, he deserves because he's still he's still a relatively um, young in the basketball terms fan. I just think he just can't do what he used to do. And but you know we just hope he gets the help that he needs. I hope he comes back and he realizes that 
He's been hurting his team for a bit, for a minute. So anyway, moving on. We had a lot of good games like yesterday. The Bengals came back. Man, I had Jake Browning yesterday. I had Jake Browning on my fantasy football team. Bro, man, had me shooketh for a minute because they almost lost. They almost lost to the Vikings with Nick Mullins as your quarterback. He was man. I'm the eighth seed, and I and I am about to be the one seed because of Jake Brown and the great performance he put on that second half. I am still shocked that this Bengals team really hasn't fallen apart without Joe Burrow. Uh, Joe Burrow, because I think a lot of teams. When they lose a quarterback like that, they get they get uh they get lost. Like the Jets are a prime example. They look at, they lost Aaron Rodgers and they can't they can't put anything together. But that speaks to the coaching uh, methods of Zach Taylor to put this team together and still believe in Browning because now they're they're in a wild card spot. Like everyone thought, even Bengals fans that I know were like, hey, we're just gonna try and get a good pick in the draft. So. For them to now be out here thinking, yeah, we can really make the playoffs, to me, that speaks really, really good credit um, to Zach Taylor and that that Brownie because I, I think Brownie didn't think he was going to play at all this season. But, you know, things happen, and I believe now everyone in the NFL needs a good backup quarterback because there are a lot of starting quarterbacks that are hurt right now. And you have to invest in a lot of these backup quarterbacks. It doesn't make sense that um, – you're not investing in a good back because who knows your quarterback can get hurt. Look how many quarterbacks are hurt right now in the NFL. You need to have a steady backup. The people like the Teddy Bridgewaters, they're they're there. You need to you need to look for them and find them. So uh, that was one game. Then you had the Lions for the Lions versus the Broncos. That was a game that was supposed to be to be really, really, really good. But the thing about the Broncos sometimes I don't like is that Sean Payton always acts like he's the smartest person in the fucking room. I get it. You may be upset with um, Russell, but to chew him out on national TV like that, to me, was a bad look. And I'm not the biggest fan of Russell, but I also don't believe you chew out your quarterback like that if if he did something wrong. Because he honestly he didn't do anything wrong. How's he supposed to stop the guy from lining up all sides? He's just doing his job as a quarterback. He can't see he can't see that. And for and for um Sean Payton to yell at him like that, and I mean it wasn't like uh, oh yo, yo, get it together. It was a lashing. I was like, yo, you're talking to him like you're a parent. Then you bench him at the end of the game. You don't even go out and be like, yo, you know what? Let's 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 do this for next week. This game's over, but let's go out there, let's put on uh let Russ go out there, you 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 take this you take this ball down the field and let's see what happens. You bench him and then you run for three straight plays and then just it's like you threw in the towel. You threw in the towel. And I love how everyone will be like, Oh, you know, that's Sean Payne showing the genius and all that type of stuff. But I'm like, if this were other quarterbacks, we'd be we be um, we be criticizing them, but because of Sean Payton, like yo, people do re- realize Sean Payton. 
honestly, outside of that one Super Bowl, really didn't do much with the, the Saints. But people just love him because it was like, oh, he had, um, he had the Drew. Yeah, it was just like, yo, he, he had Drew Brees. He really is not a game-changing head coach. So, to me, it was, it was, it was kind of a, it was a, it was, it was a bitch move. Like, I, I called him a hoe. Like, I think that was a hoe, I think that was a hoe move. And, like, honestly, if I was a player on that team, he'd honestly lose a little bit of respect for me because it's one thing to go about it the way you did, but you were like, nah, we're throwing in, we're waving the white flag. Because when players do it, we call them out all the time. How come we don't call out when coaches do this bullshit? And he was adamant about it. So that's why I'm like, nah, I, I really don't care. I really don't care for him like that. But, and then we also had, We had the Colts Steelers game. Listen, I love Mike Tomlin. I love that he has always had a winning record. But he might have to change his philosophy because that Steelers team is an abysmal, abysmal team. I get it. Kenny Pickett's hurt. You got Mr. Trubisky as your quarterback. But, man, that offense, after that first quarter, that offense was relatively and you have to start getting some talented players. And I don't get how this offense is just really, really abysmal. Like, you can see what um, the Colts co uh, coach is doing from Gardner Minshew. We never believe in Gardner Minshew. We know he's a backup. We know he's this. But look at the energy that he's breathing into that team. That Colts team looks really good. They're re a really good team. They're a playoff team. And this is what it always says about these defensive coaches that sometimes they get lost in the game. They get lost in the sauce. You had Matt Canada there for how many weeks? There was no red light blinking like, oh, I don't think this will work. Your, your whole team was calling out for him to... <laughs> Should have called that. Um, the fans, they were all waiting for him to get, get off the field. They were all waiting for him to get fired. That's on you. You got to be the coach to be like, hey, this ain't, this ain't, this ain't working. This is not what it is. But you know, uh, congratulations to the Colts. They were, they look really good. They could, they could make some noise. I think they could, if they face a uh, a team that's real. I think they could, I think they could put up a fight. But you know, we had some good Saturday games. We had some good uh, one o'clock games. Not, not any of the New York teams because the New York teams they're terrible. They. The Giants and the Jets deserve everything that they're getting to them. It, it brings me warm joy to see the New York team suffer like this. I don't care what anyone says. This is this is what I this is this is a pureness in my heart watching the Giants and Jets struggle. So they don't deserve anything. I love their quarterback situation that they have to pick between Tommy DeVito or Daniel Jones. I love seeing um, the Jets. Player, the fans always having this hope, but the Jets always crush it at the end. <laughs> it's kind of like Santa Claus. People think he's going to uh, deliver those gifts, and he never does it at the right time. Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. Fuck you, New York. <laughs> anyway, um, going on to the next topic, uh, Kadarius Tony. 
receiver of the Chiefs. Hey, man. Sometimes it's okay to be like, you know what, I fucked up. It's okay to say, yeah, you know, I fucked up. Accountability on a, in a team sport actually helps you a lot more than you think it does because if you're willing to take fault, your teammates will regularly come to defend you. But when you don't take fault and you find other ways to blame other people, to me, it does not fuck with me. Because now it's like, you're going to do this all the time. You're always going to blame someone else. You're never going to take responsibility. And when he said the ref had multiple chances to to, uh, to, to tell him, I'm like, bro, that's your job. That's your assignment, and you also have to be accountable for your actions. So you don't even know where to line up at because they'll tell you, hey, you need to be here. Why you're you've been playing you've been playing football for how many years? You still need the ref to tell you, bro. Come on, man, just take that, just take that L. And then even in today's game against the Patriots, he had another drop that led to an interception. I'm like, bro, if you're not careful, you won't end up out the league because no one's gonna want you if they see your character. Your first thing to do when you get a mistake is to call other people out. Not even be like, yeah, damn, man, I fucked up, you know. Because you gotta think about it. Game of the season. Mahomes throws him a pass. It hits his hands. It goes up. Detroit picks it and runs to the end zone. Bro, you're doing this way too much now. And if you're not careful, they're going to stop defending you. They're, they're going to stop being like, hey, Kadarius is young. Because once they stop saying that's young, you're going to be in the doghouse. You have got to find a way to make this real for your teammates and make them feel like, yo, you're not just pointing fingers. Like, bro, there's tape. Yo, when they when they go in tomorrow, they're watching tape. They're going to see all your mistakes and they're going to be like, okay, so whose fault was this now? That's the question they're going to start asking you in the film room. And for you to just sit there and just flagrantly throw it on someone else, bro, man, they always say, when you point one finger, three fingers point right back at you. I hate, it's I hate it, but it's the truth. And that Iron Sky don't lie, man. Like, and this is why the Giants gave up on him. And like, because they're like, yo, they probably saw all these things in practice. See, the thing people don't realize is players, coaches, they see a lot of your habits during practice. Especially if I play with you. Especially if I'm a quarterback. I see your bad habits. I know what you're bad. So the Giants probably saw it and were like, yo, we don't need this. This first round pick, they gave up on him. Because they saw all of this. They saw, they probably didn't get to this level, but they knew this was always going to build and go to something else. And also, I don't like the fact that he got Mahomes and Andy Reid out here looking crazy defending him. And everyone's like, nah, bro, your dude's wrong. And that's okay. But he can't, he can't accept that he has to fight and do all these things for it. But, um... Yeah, I don't I don't really I don't really like what he's doing right now. And I wanna see I wanna see what he says for today's game because he had to drop there too. And listen, the playoffs are coming up. You can't have mistakes like that. And the thing is the Chiefs offense already is not the best. They will lose some of these games if stuff like this continues to happen. But that's the Chiefs problem. 
they they saw good. They they thought they could just do the, do what they always do. Patrick Mahomes is gonna um, blanket all of this. I get it. It's a Tom Brady effect. We've seen it for years. Brady used to do this, but not when it's this egregious. Chiefs, if you do lose, go get a real. Go get a real number one receiver. This whole we have a bunch of twos and threes that doesn't work. That didn't even work for Tom Brady in 2019, and we all saw how that year ended. <sighs> anyway, we are going to my favorite seg. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Sorry, another sack. <sighs> Cowboys fans, I-, I don't know, man. I'm seeing a lot that if I'm a Cowboys fan, I don't like. Y'all run defense is abysmal. Because the Bills aren't even a running team like that. And I think <sighs> Cook has done trash your whole run game, but like I said, Cowboys fans, this on y'all. Y'all been world beaters for the last two weeks. Y'all been saying Dak's an MVP. Dak doesn't even have 100 yards of throwing the ball. Whew. So anyway, <laughs> best segment of the year, and um, shout out to my boy Sean. He said he really loved the Pepper Takes name. Um, he's a good man. When I love, I love hearing people say they love the name and that they love the segment called Pepper Takes. You know, it's a it's a weird African way of of us putting it like that because it was three Africans who came up with this name and uh, all of the stuff that we bring it out to you. So <sighs> this is a sad moment. Curb your enthusiasm. tell you how many mannerisms how many things I learned that I do from Larry David whether it's I don't really say thank you to your services to all army people on veterans day or you do the big goodbye or I don't sing birthday songs anymore because it's a, it really is a stupid song. Like happy birthday is a really fucking stupid song. Um, whether Larry David, he's a social assassin and he kills every vibe that he's in. Larry David and Curb Your Enthusiasm have shown me what it is that Americans really are. And if I ever do have a problem with a store, I will create a spite store right next to them just to spite them. Not because I think I'm better than them, but out of pure spite. I'm going to miss it. Uh, it's brought it's brought me some really, really good laughs. And it really delves into like how you can be an asshole but not really be an asshole. Because I always think Larry's right on 98% of the stuff that goes on in the day. And he really is right it's just that the people around him fucking suck. Like, guys, come on. Like, Larry is out here trying to spit knowledge onto you. Like, when he tells you your kid sucks, your kid probably does suck. You're just that type of parent that never wants to tell your kid that he's wrong. But your kid does suck. Also, another thing, why would you bring a kid to an adult dinner? Adults are trying to have talk. We don't want to see no fucking kids there. Larry called it out. Larry would call out, hey, if the water sucks... And it's not ta- it's not tap water. We shouldn't drink it. Larry David, man, you created a juggernaut of a show. I remember picking up on this show maybe four, five, and you gotta say this show's been on for a minute. 
And I picked up and I was like, oh, this is a really, really funny show. I love the concept. I love the fact that it doesn't need any special meaning. It's just an everyday thing that we all do. And he just puts it in a really, really funny way. But I'm going to miss it. I'm definitely watching season 12. Uh, I definitely have some little stories for you guys when um, the episodes come out. Posting about how what who I agree with, who I don't agree with. It's probably going to be Larry, but um, I'm going to leave it up for you guys to decide in the comments who you agree with, because most of the time it is Larry David that's usually right. So, and another pepper tape. What the fuck is going on? Why the fuck is there a bull going around in Penn Station? Listen, when I first heard about it, I thought we, it was joking. I was like, first of all, a bull? Where, first of all, where is a bull coming from? anywhere around here to go and then hop into the train station. <laughs> um, the producer's gonna give me some um, notes on that. But honestly, I I was I was like, yo, what, what's going on? And it even got we even got out and went other places. I was just like, yo, North North got a farm. Like, what what we doing? <laughs> the pictures to me are still crazy because, and then the worst part about it, it held up trains. First of all, if you've never written an NJ Transit, you already know that shit's terrible. And they have a delay for everything. Now you got a whole bull, and now there's going to be more delays, man. That would have been the day I called off from work. I promise you that. I promise you I would have called off from work. <laughs> now we got a fucking slaughterhouse in the Iron Man? When did this all happen? Yo, we out here killing Fucking cows and bulls in the Ironbound section. Yo, Newark really is really wild. Like, cause like I think about it, ever since that Tommy DeVito shit happened, there's been a lot of Italians coming out the woodworks. I didn't even know there was many Italians around in Newark. Like I, the, the the cutlets. So you know what? I can believe that. I can believe that we out here killing shit that we this slaughterhouse that no one fucking knows about. Now it's out there, it's about to go to a peaceful life. But think about it, that motherfucker broke out. That motherfucker was like, yo, you're not going to fucking take me out. But it's fucking wild, man. Yo, this is a wild time. These are wild times out here, man. These are wild times out here. And the last prepper take. Cameron, my dude. Shout out to It Is What It Is. And I'm happy for this man shooting this shot. This is why I always say shoot or shoot. Listen, Kobe Bryant said it. You miss every shot you don't take, man. You have to throw those DMs in that girl that you want. Messages, please, listen, never stop. Listen, you will never get anywhere in life if you don't take risks. That is a fact. You want that girl? Go get her. Listen, be funny. Be charming. Be fucking adorable. Listen, listen. Ladies love that shit, man. And they love confidence. Confidence, confidence, confidence. Come on, man. Like, yo, Cameron was out here with Nia Long. That is my 90s crush. You know, I was a little mad at that motherfucker. I hope I was hoping, like, you know, he had bad breath or something like that. Just so he, he, he could be remembered, talked about it. But, like I said, you sitting out there and you do what you do. You do what you do. Niggas, be confident. Shoot those DMs. 
Say Kobe when you do do it. When you click it to send. Shit. I'm about to, man, I'm about to drink. I might, I might hit up one of my exes. I'm just joking. I'm not going to do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Um, anyway, that's the end of Pepper Takes. <laughs> we ended on a fiery note right there. I, I, put some, I put some real pepper on that one, man. Come on now. We out here. And I need to talk to a football fans. I know I love y'all, but we got to talk about something. I got to talk to my Nakamas right now. And you, you know what I'm talking about, Nakamas. You know what I'm talking about. One Piece fans, we're eating right now. My God, we're eating good. We're about to get a whole Netflix remake of the first season of One Piece. The East Blue. We're getting a One Piece Kai while the, se- while the show is still going on. Killed it with the Netflix live actions. They're killing it with the anime. The manga's still one of the most top-selling manga out there. And now we're getting a whole remake? Listen, Oda, you can go on for another five years, bro. I wouldn't even be mad. The only reason I will say I don't want you going for five years is because the voice actor of Luffy is an elderly woman, and I want her to be there when they do finish One Piece. I can't imagine anyone else voicing Luffy besides Miss Mizumi. Okay? Like, that woman is a glorified woman. And I don't want anyone else saying I'm the king of the pirates at the end of the day. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And I love that all these other shows are starting to do live action. Because they saw that One Piece killed it. Because now all of a sudden Naruto live action in the, is in the works. First of all, Naruto fans, I need y'all to understand. It's it's okay. Your show was great back in the tsunami days, and everyone would run around like fucking weird ninjas and all that other shit. But your story's trash. Your story is fucking trash, and it got trash because listen. Kishimoto was a great writer, but that last, that last series, that last saga, you could tell that motherfucker was done. And the thing I love about Oda is Oda is always finding ways to shock us, and that's the best thing that I can see about this One Piece. I want, I love the fact that I know Oda's gonna have hands in it. I know Oda's gonna have hands on this project, and I love that it's. This studio, the, the Wilp studio, is a studio of One Punch Man. And they're supposed to be focused on season three. But they're, they're not. Oh, snap. This is a beatdown, ladies and gentlemen. Bills are putting a beatdown on um, the Cowboys right now. Jeez. 30 to 3. Cowboys fans, y'all got uh, excuse me. You got a long way to go. And now, uh, like I was saying, Cause now you got Yu Yu Hakusho doing a, a live action, and don't get me wrong, Yu Yu Hakusho is one of my favorite anime. I loved it growing up, but I'm telling you that One Piece influence is real. Like now they're doing uh, a live action. It's actually a really good live from. I've seen some clips. Uh, the the Kur- Kurama is way too way too much for me. I'm like, okay, I like the Yusuke. I've always thought Yusuke is one of my favorite main main characters of all time. I love the 
the, the thug, the, but he's not really a thug, though. The, and, you know, Kuwabara and, you know, typical Joey-ish type character. I'm from New York. Like, uh, yeah, I, I got it. We, we get it. He A, come on, man. What more can you say about fucking He A? Nigga was cool as shit. When he had the drip, the drip, man, you know, he had the, 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 the thing he, with the black. I was like, oh, that's my boy. That's my boy. Well, I love that. I just wish they would remake the anime. That's what. That's that's the next thing they could do for me. Remake the Yu Hakusho anime because they did not end well within the cartoon. The 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 older version. Like I watched the end, still never liked it. I want. I want a remake. I want a remake. And our final topic. We gotta go a little bit of wrestling here. WWE, and Warner Brothers. They ain't talks again for that raw rights deal. And honestly. Dubs, bro, that'd be a major loss for you guys. Listen, I like I was saying before a couple weeks ago, I don't think AEW is cold. I think they just hit a wall, and I don't know if they know how to get over the wall. The thing I see with Tony Khan that kind of upsets me is that he was always at the top. He's never worked his way from the bottom to the to the top, so he doesn't know how to maneuver well. Because every time I hear is, oh, they have good wrestling matches. That's cool, but for the casual, you need a story. You need, hey, how do how do I sell this to you? How do I get you invested with my talking? You, it can't just be action all the time. Like, I and I think the reason why now, think about it, the shows are getting the the show fans are getting smaller. The ratings are, are the ratings have flattened out. They're not higher one week. They're not. I always expect a good eighty-five k. That's their number. Meanwhile, WWE's are selling out this. They're selling out that. I'm like, bro, it's okay to be like, hey, you know, I need help. And I think that's what Tony needs to do. But Tony's problem is he's trying to compete. And I'm like, bro, you have to understand. I get that you're a competition, but they're way ahead of you right now. Take a step back. Because one, he's going to burn himself out. Two, he doesn't understand that this isn't this isn't easy. Vince was doing this for years, and you saw where it did to Vince. Vince is, a, Vince is not a normal human being. Tony, to me, just looks like a human being who's just on a lot of Adderall. That, that's, that's all he fucking is. And he doesn't get that there's always a bigger picture. His problem is he's trying to cater too much to his regular fans. I'm like, bro, that's cool, but you, this is a business. You need to start branching out. Every time I see one of their matches, it's either a long match, someone's bleeding, someone, I'm just like, bro, I'm not watching this. Like, and the fact that even me as a wrestling fan, if I'm not willing to watch it, there's gonna be 300 me's who are watching me like, I'm not gonna watch this shit either. It's just a little too much for me. It's always like, Spot up, spot up, spot up, spot. I'm like, bro, just, just slow it down. Have a story. Honestly, I think, like, yo, have a good heel and a good face. I think one of the best heels in the business right now is Drew McIntyre. I love what he's doing. He's refocused. He's 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 a heel that's telling you the truth. I'm like, bro, you need a heel like that. You need a face like Cody Rose, who's like the, the, the ultra good guy. I'm like, bro, you ain't got none of that. Every one of your guys got to be, oh, I'm only here for wrestling? I'm like, bro, what is that? Like, everyone's the same then. So now if you lose this two TV deal, 
bro, that's a lot of money, and you're already not making good money as, as it is now. So, what are you gonna do? AW man, twenty twenty four is gonna be a really, really interesting year because I'm not gonna say y'all gonna fail, but I'm like, if y'all don't get this TV deal, it's gonna look, it's gonna look, it's gonna look bad. It's gonna look bad, and the thing is, you'll lose a lot of wrestlers because a lot of wrestler contracts are coming up, and a lot of people are gonna want that that e money. And it's like, how do you, how do you turn that down? How do you turn that down? If you're a, a warlord, if you're um, Ricky Starks, like bro, Andrade, they, these people's contracts are coming up, and they're gonna look at one place who's kinda in disarray, and they're gonna go to the place that has their stuff together. They're bringing in. There's fresh ideas. They got Triple H running stuff. They got Sean running stuff. CM Punk's probably giving his ideas. You got William Regal there. You got a. You got a. You got a flow of night of. It may have its problems, but its problems ain't AEW problem. AEW problem is all over the place, the head to the toe. So, A Dubs, man, you got a long road ahead of you to get back to where you once were in 2019. You got a long road, and I don't know if that was your peak, and I think that was it. I th- and I think, to me, honest, if I have, if I'm really talking about this, I think you guys peaked. I think you guys peaked. And I think that's okay, too. It's okay to be the number two promotion. Just take that take that as a... Yo, think about it. You're top promotion of wrestling in the Americas. Take that as a win, man. Like, not everything needs to be a loss. You don't always have to be number one in everything. It's okay. You peaked out and, and you're here. But anyway, on that note, end of this show... I'm glad you guys are going to tune in to listen to this. You know, like I said, 2024 is going to be a really good year. You can catch me on my Instagram at Yangzaza or my Facebook, uh, Yangzaza, of course, and uh, my Twitter, Yangzaza, of course. Shout out. Hit me up. We out.